All right, everyone, welcome into Paydirt Sports, uh, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Today, I am here, Nick Trucial, alongside one of my good friends and fellow Paydirter, Seth Coggin. Uh, you, you could be noticing we are missing one of the boys here, Will Dundon. He is celebrating his one-year anniversary with his wife, so... Um, obviously he's got to take care of business from that standpoint, uh, but the show must go on. So we are here ready to rock and roll. Football is back, baby. Oh, we're getting into it tonight. We're getting nasty with it tonight. Yeah, we are. It's real yeah. now. We're, it's not hypotheticals. We're getting into actual action that happened in the dust and the mud out there on Saturday. And there was all there weekend was too. Crazy, it's been crazy. Some crazy stuff going on this weekend. I mean, it's, it's about as good of a, a week one of college football that you could ask for. Yeah, that's one of the best week ones from just there were some high profile, actual important fun games. You know, I think uh, we often talk a lot about the uh, kind of we enjoy home games. I think there are a lot of good home and away, not yeah. neutral site openers, but actual home and away games. And then some good neutral sites as well. Like LSU last night was awesome. Um, so anyway, we'll get into more of all that. But uh Definitely a really fun opening weekend of college football. Still kind of ongoing on Monday night as we uh, record. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Georgia, there's we Georgia got, Tech Clemson. Uh, is that is that what's on tonight? Yeah, so they are they're starting here shortly. So we'll have to uh, finish up this pod and then uh, get to that second half. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, why don't we uh, kind of cover some of the top sports news stories of the week uh, outside of football? So first of all. The legendary Serena Williams uh, calling it quits. Yeah, man, she has had one hell of a career. One of the one of the, the best ever, do right? Like, is that even a debate in 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 female tennis? Yeah, She's I mean, uh, I know Margaret uh, Margaret Courts back in the seventies. I think she has one more title than Serena really? Williams, uh, but Serena Williams is number two. And I mean, the the dominance that she's had for a while. Yeah, yeah. He, he, and in this era, yeah, I gotta tennis. say, you gotta think the competition's a little bit better these days in tennis. Like, yeah, winning, winning the same amount of championships now as as back in like nineteen. I don't know. I mean, that's it's not really for me to say because I'm obviously not a, a, a tennis historian or anything like that. But I gotta think that uh, it's a little tougher to to kind of extend that dominance today. Certainly. That's how. That's why I value something like Tiger Woods. You know, he may have a few less uh, titles, but overall like he was the more dominant like he was the greater like, yeah the, dominant golf the run he had like, will, will never be done again like see serena end. at a time had a string like she was yeah. just by so far the- kind of had that same run as tiger like she basically dominated uh in a, in a way that i think for a short period of time not necessarily a short period of time but not their, her whole career uh yeah. but for that period what she did was pretty unbelievable a lot of grand slams She's really um, Serena's truly one of those athletes that's pretty much been the greatest since I can I have cognizance, like yeah, since I was truly Our born. Lifetime, yeah, yeah, I, like I don't know really. I mean, I'm sure she was competing at a high level. Like I don't know exactly when she kind of started winning actual championships. Um, but all I can say is like I re- the entirety of my remembrance of my life, <laughs> which I mean I'm 25 years now. Like it's not like I'm 15 years old anymore. You know, I've lived a quite a quite a long span, but she has been the dominant tennis player. Um, she's been kind of the face of tennis uh, along the way. So pretty, pretty remarkable run, a true great champion uh, in a sport and in an individual sport. It is interesting to kind of talk about just 
you know, the debate about greatest ever is kind of convoluted when you're in a team sport like football, when there's so many, like Tom Brady having all these rings. Well, where does that kind of measure up with just true, true greatness? Cause he had great teams around him, but in a sport like tennis or something like that, tennis and golf, especially it's a very singular sport. So to just continue that dominance alone to be like, you're out there. You don't want to talk about, you want to talk about man in the arena, like talk about a tennis player, just that's solo on her back. I am a true champion. I am like the most dominant uh, we've ever seen. So shout out pretty cool. Uh, just open a lot of, open a lot of eyes uh, to tennis. And yeah. Oh, she of- has basically built women's tennis. I mean, there was obviously some greats that came before her, but I was uh, just doing a, a quick doing a little research uh, thing here right before we got on. And so Serena, she won her first grand slam title in 1999. Uh, but yep. the big thing is, so Margaret courts, um, she had won some of her titles before the open era. Um, and what that is in tennis uh, only amateurs were allowed to compete in the Grand Slam titles uh, that we know of. So after that, professionals were allowed to compete in those um, open era, or excuse me, those Grand Slam tournaments. Uh, so really, I'd have to give it to Serena because, yeah. I mean, there was just better talent. There was professionals allowed in these tournaments now. Um, yeah. So she's won the most in the open era. I think you got to give it to Serena as the as the best yeah. of all time. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't really think that that's a big debate. So. Uh, I think that's pretty much, which is curious to see. You don't often see that when a player retires, they're already declared by far, like far yeah. and away the greatest to ever do it. A lot of times it's like someone will retire and it's like, wow, they're really up there with the greats of all time. Uh-huh. It's like truly like that is the greatest to ever do it. See, cause even it's tough because tires a few away from the actual record. Right. Cause there will be people like, no, they're like, he didn't win as many, but I think he still won two, as many tournaments and the way, the way he changed golf, um, I think still puts cements him as like, I would say when he retires, he's the greatest ever golf. Like he's the greatest golfer ever. Yeah. But he's also been a guy right. that's dominated my whole, ch- like my whole remembrance of golf is Tiger Woods dominating. Right. Like, and obviously not the last, you know, 10 years, but um, anyway, and- it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. And I think we're going to maybe even touch on um, another legend like at the true end of their careers. So a guy like Albert Pujols, what's really exciting right now is is chasing 700. Five away. He's five. He is five away. And he's been, you know, he has been red hot here at the end of the season. The problem is, see, I got, I, I don't, I'm actually repping the Cardinals. Let's go. We've all Cardinals built. That's, that's (laughs) deep, bro. That's deep. Um, But see Pujols, I mean, Pujols was my whole remembrance of baseball. Oh, yeah. When I first, like, my first ever baseball jersey, Albert Pujols. Uh, He came up at the Cardinals when I was just a young kid who loved baseball, and he was just a legend to me. In my, like, Pujols could do no, he was just the man. He was truly uh, someone I just, like, super looked up to and super was like, that is, I was, I loved baseball. I batted right-handed, so, like, I just liked thinking I was like, I wore number five as much as I could. I mm-hmm. like thinking I like, I want to emulate yeah. Albert Pools. This guy is so good. Like so consistent year after year, just, and just amazing dude. I mean, he's almost at 700 home runs. He's hit home runs off so many different pitchers. It's oh, like the, yeah, he's uh, been in the when league you really since break down. Yeah. When you really break down the statistics and everything, it's so fascinating to see just 
to do to be that high level to perform and hit that well against major league pitching for such an extended career is just remarkable and to have no like yeah there was a there was definitely a drop off in these last kind of 6 years probably like he he really hasn't been quite but, but basically still, from 01 to 2012 I think he was the best player in baseball yeah so that that's a guy but still that's a guy that when so when he goes out I mean, I don't think anyone's going to say that's the greatest baseball player ever. No, probably right? not, but he's up but there he's, for sure. He's fairly – like, he is up there. He's been truly a legend of the game for a long time. Um, to hold the torch as, like, the greatest in the league for a while is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – and he won championships, too. I mean, he was part yeah, of – Yeah, 06 like, I think he's and 2011. Of, yeah, so he's – it's – you know, he's got he's baseball got is the hardest to, sport is to like truly carry a team. It It is such a team sport that like because in football, yeah, Tom Brady touches the ball every single play like he is right. the biggest part of every single offensive play. But in baseball, you're only one of nine batters. Like even if you could hit three home runs, but the other eight guys like you're not you're not affecting their at bats or anything like that. Like their at bat is up to them. It is a one V one versus the pitcher. Even if you have a big advantage, it doesn't really mean your team does, Um, which makes baseball awesome, but it also makes it a little harder for one player to just like the basketball. You see LeBron go to the finals nine straight times because basketball, because he can, the the most you can has the ball. 80% 80% of the time and you have the best player with the ball the most time. And it, like he can put LeBron will literally put the team on his back and go win it. But uh, it's a little harder when you're just batting one out of nine positions. Right. Um, to like, so that's why you see, I mean, you see a guy like Mike Trout. Yeah. That's exactly what I was the thinking. Best the player Angels. in the league. And best Shohei player. Otani. So yeah. they've got two of the top three, probably best, uh, best players in the league. And they're well under 500 this season. Like, how does that happen? That doesn't happen. If you have two of the, if you have two of the best t- five or even ten players in the NBA, you're gonna be like super high up. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even happen. Gonna be often. competing for a championship for yeah. sure. So interesting to see how different sports work. Um, and then just where is it's kind of in team sports. It's like where does your advantage lie? Um, does it lie in the fact that you're not like in baseball, you're eight hitter is significantly better than the other team's eight hitter. Like you're down the lineup. You're just kind of better overall. So eventually you think it kind of helps out, but in football, you know, if, if your advantage is your quarterback, it's awesome because he gets the ball. He has control of the ball every single time. Like if your advantage is wide receiver, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, that, that helps to have better wide receivers than the other team, but they still have got to have a good quarterback to get him the ball. They got to have a good offensive line who can block long enough so they can run the routes. Like it just it's interesting to see kind of where um, teams can gain advantage and stuff like that. But very different than the solo sports. Exactly. That's just that's kind of what uh, it comes down to. Tennis is fun because it's truly a one V one. Like, yeah, golf even is a tournament style. Um, that's just it's 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 a fun Serena back just to circle all the way back to Serena. Um, just truly great to watch the full career of a true champion. And to watch her through, you know, and that means that means you struggle and you struggle in the public eye and like things can get said at you and everything like that. But you take it all in stride and um, you keep continuing to get better and 
keep winning and you just keep, <laughs> keep winning, winning, winning over time does uh, make people, you earn a lot of respect. So shout out doing it at the highest level for that extended is it's hard. Not many it people are able to do it. Um, true American champion. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out Serena. Shout out Albert. Uh, why don't we talk a little Titans football before we get into uh, college football here? A couple of big news. Sto- well, obviously the major news story, losing Harold Landry wow. to an ACL tear. Man, I can't That's believe brutal. it. It is brutal. Um, but I'm thinking Bud Dupree comeback season. We're going to need him to to really show out this year. Yeah. Um, obviously, Simmons is going to be Simmons. He's an absolute Animal, uh, second best defensive lineman in the league, I'd say at this point. Uh, Nico Autry still a beast. Yeah, Danico Autry is still uh, very good. We'll see if Rashad Weaver, uh, draft pick from last year, who got injured, he was uh, a guy that fell. He looked good because uh, he was uh, he was projected to be a first rounder at kind of the beginning of uh, the college football season. Kind of fell to more of a second rounder spot before the draft. Then had some like uh kind of criminal allegations if i remember correctly some kind of but it was something uh, that got dismissed and that uh, it turned yeah. out that it, it it was a lot bigger story than it needed to be so he ended up falling to the fourth round but a guy that has a lot of raw talent that yeah. uh we're going to need to step it up big this year to to fill in that pass rushing uh, role that Landry had um yeah. luckily whoever fills it in is in a pretty good spot cuz the rest of the de- like the rest, Harold Landry is an awesome player and very hard yeah. to replace, but the rest of the defensive line is still really strong, which puts, you know, a little less true emphasis on you just being a total game change. Like you don't have to come in and just be the best pass rusher in the league. You just need to, we just need someone who can be really solid and make some big plays, but like, you know, we need everybody to come in and make some plays, but you're going to be put in position with really good teammates beside you. I mean, Jeff Simmons and Danico Autry are eating that metal up. Like yeah. they, they absolutely are dominating the inside. And and you have a guy, Big Jeff. I mean, Big Jeff is, okay, probably the second best D tackle in the league, truly. And that's not just hype. Like, that's not no, just that's, me. I mean, most seeing, people, coaches and uh, people yeah. who follow football will agree on that. Like, he is he is dominating the interior. So, if Bud, du- Bud Dupree's solid, he's going to have a good year. He should. Uh, now, you know, he may can't come out and suck, but I really doubt that just because that doesn't trend with his career. So um, I think he'll be really solid on the other end. And Rashad Weaver's shown a lot of potential. Uh, he's shown really, really bright moments in some of these preseason games, especially before he got hurt. I mean, everyone was kind of excited about him last year. Yeah. And all he's done this year is kind of back that up. Like it was deserved hype. Like he is looking pretty good. Um, we're number 99, right? That's, that's, yeah. uh, very sweet. Could be, could be pretty sick if he has a good year. I mean, even if he doesn't even have to do Harold Landry numbers for our, our defense can still be solid. We just need him to be productive. Like we need him to right. come out and not be a liability and make some plays like, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of your job as a pass rusher is literally just to, you know, be solid, set the edge and wreak havoc at times. Like, you know, whether it's coming off, and just beating the left tackle or, you know, anything Um, just to cause disruption, batting down passes and chasing guys down. So he's plenty athletic enough. It'll be fun to watch him play. Um, Hope he can stay healthy, obviously, but you know, that's everybody. So um, 
I think the defense is set up to have a really good year. Uh, I don't want to be like too positive, like, you know, too over. Yeah, our defense was incredible last year. I don't know if we'll quite be able to to be at that level, but I I also don't know because uh, I feel like our secondary is going to really, really going to be better too. Yeah. Marley is back. He's been playing very well. Uh, Christian Fulton, another year under his belt. Hopefully he can stay healthy. And then uh, Elijah Molden, obviously a great piece uh, at the nickel spot to have. And then uh, McCreary from Auburn has looked great as well. So, yeah. Yeah. You got a lot of guys, talented guys that you can throw in the mix. Um, that can do a lot of things that are very versatile, uh, can make a lot of plays. I think you got a lot of playmakers out there that actually can do some yeah. pretty awesome stuff. Plus Shut people the down. I mean, safety duo in the NFL with yeah. Amari Hooker and Bayard. They've been together for several years now and are just playing. Like, Bayard played great last year. Yeah, and first so two pro. I think him him being back and still just leading that defense um, from what from he he does. He, he's a captain out there. That's it's really nice to have a guy like that. That's a super productive player as well. Good in coverage and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, our safety duo is pretty nice with it. Um, they're very strong. They, you know, they complement each other very well. Uh, Hooker's pretty nasty out there. So, yeah, be fun yeah. to watch. <laughs> they're going to play Titans. Like, <laughs> I don't know if the Titans will ever truly, like, evolve into, like, a high-flying, just super – Titans football is just kind of gritty and grind it out and hopefully beat you by in the end. Like we're going to, we're going to run the ball at you. We're going to have a stud defensive line. That's just going to eat you up and make like, you're going to have to beat us. Um, It's going to be fairly low, lower scoring than normal. Um, And then just kind of hope, hope in the fourth quarter, we're right there with it and trust, you know, that we got some better players to pull it out in the end. Uh, That's how the NFL works. I mean, that's how the NBA works a lot of times, too. It's kind of like you get to the third, fourth quarter, and then you actually unleash, like, what you need to do to win the game. You kind of quasi-feel each other out. You know, you make some plays. The intensity of a second quarter of an NFL game in, like, week three is just, like, nothing crazy. Like, yeah, they're out there, you know, playing NFL football and flying around, but but there's a definite different feel from – second quarter in Jacksonville week two than there is AFC championship, you know, third quarter, like people are playing at a different level. Yeah. So they kind of feel each other out and you just kind of wear, try to wear each other down. That's a big part of football too, is why, why the fourth quarter is so important is like everything you do during the game is kind of built to wear the other team down. So in the fourth quarter, that's why we see Derek Henry, he gets stronger through these games. Even if he has 30, 40 carries out, because he just wears the defense out. He just wears them down. Um, so, anyway, that, yeah. uh, it's it does suck to lose a guy like Landry. I mean, it like don't want to sugarcoat it because that is uh, very unfortunate. Well, definitely a bad loss, but it's yeah. – we can make and you up- can't ever directly replace him. Like, you, I don't want to ask Rashad Weaver to be Harold Landry. Like, he's not Harold. No, that's I, not going to happen. Like, but a good – but a really good Rashad Weaver helps us in the defense. Um, and it might even help us in some ways that Landry didn't, but you know, in some ways it, it won't, you know, it's right. hard to re- you, you can't directly, re- that's what, all I'm saying is you can't directly replace a guy like that. Um, it does just take more guys to step up around and do different things. So, and uh, one last, I like piece. Ola. 
I like Ola. Oh yeah, Adedinye uh, or however yeah. You hey, voted. Uh, I saw he was voted a cat or he's a team captain. Yeah, special, special team captain. Yeah, he's he's a he's a beast on special teams. Man. Yeah, and he can best. come in and give you some good reps. He gave, I saw yeah. him do some good things defensively this year. So yeah. Um, another thing that I'm excited about, uh, kind of the last piece of Titans news here is Mr. Josh Gordon getting a second chance. <laughs> Uh, signed to the practice squad, or probably fourth or fifth chance at this point. Um, but signed to the practice squad. Uh, we'll we'll see if he. I hope he makes the team. Honestly, I mean, we can use the help at receiver for sure. Yeah. Um, I hope he deserves a spot on the team. Yeah, yeah. If he if, he, if they if he comes out and bonds out, it's like yeah, he he can play for us. He can produce for us. Then yeah, come on, bring it on. Yeah, definitely, definitely over the hump. Uh, Thirty-one years old at this point, but hey, if if he can um, provide some good reps, so be it. I'll take him. He makes our wide receiver room better. Then, come on. Yeah, we got plenty of room. I mean, I I don't know if he'd been my first choice off the. I don't know who's available. So, oh, Dell is like still they... available. But I mean, the money nice that it. he would cost is probably yeah. not going to be worth it i would imagine because you know he's going to be asking for a good chunk of money still yeah it's just it's hard for me to think that josh gordon has had other opportunities to like actually be on a team i mean he was just in a team camp yeah right like he just it's not like we're just picking him up he's been with new england kansas city um seattle see kansas uh, city doesn't have a great wide receiver room in my opinion, like yeah, if, that's if he was really a great player, he would have made that team. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't get me that excited just because I think he would have made the Chiefs if he was really good. Right. Or if he was good enough. I mean, it just it would make me I don't know. But we did. McGrath did just get hurt, didn't he? Is he the one that just on the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he did get hurt. I don't know if it's going to be super long term, but he's definitely yeah. going to miss some games. Um, so yeah, he was placed on IR alongside uh, Cody Cody Hollister as well. Um, or no, excuse me, sorry, Cody Hollister was who was added to replace Racy McMath. Um, yeah. so if Josh Gordon can't get ahead of Cody Hollister, I don't know, but obviously he's still getting involved in the team, learning the playbook. Uh, so that doesn't necessarily mean he won't see some playing time later this year, but yeah. I mean, truth is your sixth receiver doesn't really play that much anyway. No. Like, it's not like this guy's seen a ton of reps, but it'd be nice to feel confident in every guy you have on your roster though. That's kind of my bigger point is, if we're going to, I mean, they may only carry five receivers, I guess, but um, I don't know. Not exactly. I, I think the t- Titans receiver receiving core, that top four guy, five guys is good. I, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, I think that gives Tan. Tan is notably like one thing he does well is use options. Use, he's pretty good about spreading the ball out, like all targets, especially, you know, um, during, there were a few times last year like where he would get dependent on one receiver or something, but he's pretty good traditionally the last several years on hitting everybody. So you have guys that have different kind of skill sets. I think Kyle Phillips is going to be a nice yeah. add into the Huge offense. Add. I think I think you added a really good complementary pair of receivers in Burks and Phillips. 
I, th- I think that's going to play off really well to each other's strengths. Um, I think and then, you know, hopefully Robert it's been Woods funny makes like, noise in, as well, of course. Yeah. It's been funny in camp because you compare them to each other, but then you think about them on the same offense and they're running, they're playing complimentary football. Like the, they have to work together. So Burks woods and Phillips is a really good set of three receivers with different skill sets can do different things, but can work together in the offense to be pretty effective. I think. And I, I like NWI uh, Westbrook. Akina. I mean, he, no one really thinks about him much, but he's a solid guy um, in the right. You know, he's made some, he makes some really good catches sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, he like, he'll make some tough catches over the middle sometimes. And I think given an even more opportunity, like he's been fairly efficient, he has a, he doesn't have crazy numbers just because he doesn't get crazy targets, but he's been an efficient receiver in the past, and I think he can um, do some good things. So I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that side of the ball. The offensive line worries me, and that's not a great place to be worried. Yeah, uh, offensive line like if you're worried about your offensive line, that is scary because that does dictate so much. But I I, I think they will pull it together and be pretty solid. Um, the Titans have had good offensive lines in the past. Like no, anyone they've kind of shuffled in there has been ended up a pretty good unit. Um, so they may have some struggles certainly, but I think overall they'll do pretty good. I think we're upgraded at tight end from last year. Yeah. Austin um, Hooper is another big receiving threat. Yeah. That, uh, uh, I mean, he's almost a wide receiver really. Yeah, and but... I feel like it's kind of gone under the radar. Like no one really talks about the addition that he could add. Uh, to the offense. So I, I, you could say, I mean, improved at most positions, honestly, on offense, um, pro, except offensive line. But really, that's only like Saffold was even getting up there, too. I mean, not not to say he was not a good player with some probably some good years left, but he's not quite the player he once was. Um, right. I, I'm worried about Lawan. I, I just I, I just don't like know if he's still got it. I've, I'm starting to think, like, I feel that coming for him. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not bashing him or anything. Like, I just, that's what happens to all players. Like, father time hits us. Um, and I just saw him struggle at times in ways. He's just not quite the road great. Like, he used to be a really solid, I mean, all pro. He's been a, not maybe not all pro, but pro bowl pro offensive boy. line. Yeah. Um, so, he's obviously done some really good things uh, over the course of his career, but he doesn't quite have it like he used to, I don't think. Uh, but hopefully he proves me wrong. That would be very awesome to see. Um, I still think he can be a solid contributor, but there are times he has been a liability in the last, like mostly in the last like year. Um, but there, but not, not that many plays he gets soloed out a little bit because it's kind of easy as a left tackle too. you're more visible over there and you go against some of the tougher matchups. So uh, can be a little more difficult at times, but we'll see. The, I think they improved at wide receiver overall, overall. And, yeah, we'll see if someone can step up and be a, a true wide receiver one. Um, I really still think Burks has it in him. I've seen, like, I think it's going to be fun to watch him play with Tannehill um, because I think that was one thing that was – like for all Malik Willis will probably and hopefully do as a Titan. He's just not quite there as a passer, um, you know, quite yet. So I'm excited to see Burks play with that one offense in Tannehill and everybody play together. Whew. We're at it now. 
Who we got? Giants. Giants Giants mid-afternoon, right? Not a nooner. So it's like 3.30 games central time. Yeah, it should be a good one. It's at home, right? Yeah. That'll be sweet. That'll be turn. That'll be fun. It's gonna be a fun one. We might you have going. To, you uh, got uh, tickets, season tickets, or anything to the Titans? No, I don't have uh, don't have uh, tickets. But honestly, I might uh, see if I can scalp some day of or something like that and pull it off because it'd definitely be a fun one to go to for sure. Yeah, I'm sure, there'd be some tickets out there. Yeah, someone hooked Trucial up with some tickets. Come on now. Yeah, if any listeners uh, got some extra tickets they want to donate to the Pay Dirt Collective, go ahead and send them our way. Yeah. Um, Bader Collective, uh, our one future of the Huskers, Vols, and Razorback. The Huskers, I got a feeling we're going to get two Huskers out of three. Might but... get, yeah, Huskers might screw us. But Sorry. Arkansas, Tennessee, I have faith in. Um, yeah. And Speaking of some college football, why don't we go ahead and – Let's rip into it. Let's rip into it. But uh, first, I want to kind of hear a little bit, before we get into this past weekend, 12-team playoff. It's yeah, maybe that's gonna be. It's pretty solidly it's coming, cool. right? Like that's like that's that's it's. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's in stone in stone, but like it's coming. Like, yeah, that's like it's pretty right? much. They, I know they voted, and I, I, they probably like it has to be completely confirmed or something. But I think it's like ninety five percent for sure going to happen. Um, so that's exciting. I think it'll be cool. And obviously uh, more playoff games will be fun. I just don't know if it'll make that big of a difference. Cause it kind of just seems like the top two, top three teams every year are just head and shoulders ahead of every other college football team, yeah. at least in, in, in playoff history so far, which really hasn't been that long. It's only been what, eight years, seven years of, of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so it'll See, be interesting. Yeah. But I do. Uh, I, the one thing that I am really glad that they did, I, I, I'd always thought, you know, 18 made a lot of sense, but I actually like, if you're going to expand it, 12 is a really good number to me because like you just mentioned a second ago, we've seen a wide gap from like number one teams to like number four teams most yeah. often. Um, but what I think you're going to see is there's a lot of similarity between number four and number 12. Uh, or number five and number 12. Like, I think right. there's a, you're a, there's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more, they're a lot closer five to 12 than they are even one to four or one to five. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've seen a, see, but my thing about it is, yeah, maybe not every year, but you've seen a four seed win the playoff. You've seen Ohio a three State seed last year win the playoff. You know, like you've seen these teams that aren't the number one or number two, even though, like they have come in and won it. So yeah, it might not happen every year, but they have done it. Um, so I, I think there's a notion because at some point, if you have a 12 team playoff year after year after year, I promise you at some point, number six is going to win. Yeah. Number seven is going to win. Uh, like, because you know, it'll happen. Eventually. In a, you know, a, a star quarterback could be out the first four games of the season. They lose two of them. They win the next eight. Yeah. They get seated number six, but they're still in the playoff and they are the best team. And they, that is true. That is um, true. Yeah. So I think the notion that, oh, you know, no one ever wins it outside of the top four because no one's in the tournament to win it outside of the top four. Like, yeah, of course, only one of the top four team wins it because those are the only teams that could win. It. Um, so if you give me more teams, yeah, probably the first or like, it, honestly, one, two or three is probably going to win the national championship like eight out of 10 times. 
but that means two out of 10 years, a, a long, long shot wins the tournament. So I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, it's exciting. I think they made a really, really good call to put one round of games on campus. Like that itself adds so much intrigue to me that I think it really highly positive. Um, it's essentially, you're not even really changing the system of, you know, what's going on now. All you're doing is the bowl games, instead of just being regular bowl games, they're still, they're still kind of going to be a new, there's going to be a new year's bowl schedule and it'll actually just be part of a playoff. So like more of those teams will be going and having home playoff games is just electric. That is so sick to be, to have, like we were just talking, like if Arkansas was actually hosting a home playoff game, it'd be like the biggest event in the States, like at least athletic history, like home playoff game um, would be just awesome. And any campus that gets to experience that, I think it would add a lot of intrigue because uh, anyone would just show out for that. Think about Neyland for a playoff. Game. Yeah. Me and a couple of buddies were talking about that. That is Man, it is going to be insane. Because I think you'll see, I think you'll see too a lot of good games between five twelve seed, you know, six eleven. I think you'll see a lot of really competitive games in that that bracket there, and then you'll reseed before you have the eighteen tournament. Um, But I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I don't know if it's the right or wrong call. I guess we'll determine that in quite a while. Um, but I think it's a lot of fun and it gives a lot more teams excitement about possibly making the playoff. Like it. Okay. Just in all reality, being an Arkansas fan, it gives me a great, great more bit of hope that we would make the playoff sooner than if it's a four team playoff. Like, I think we definitely could make it if things really fall perfect into a four team playoff, but if it's a 12 team playoff, in the SEC West, I think it's more uh, – yeah, we have a better chance of making it, and I would love to make the playoff. <laughs> so I think it's awesome for so many more programs. Obviously, pe- teams can have great runs and make it in, but I, c- I can just think of so many teams that have been pretty close recently. Like, think about a team like Oklahoma State. Like, they have, for the last, like, 12 years, had some really good teams, you know, been right at the top of the league. Uh, but they've never quite like last year, especially they were one win away, finish on the one yard line, essentially, um, and lose the conference championship. So they're knocked out of playoff contention. And, and that's kind of one of there's been several, you know, back in when, um, you know, they had guys like Des Bryant stuff, had some really good teams um, like they could get in the playoff a year or two. And it changes the dynamic of like it, having more success. I just think there's so many programs that could have a little more hope um, that they're going to make the playoff. Uh, than currently do have it even though and i don't think it's gonna dis make college football games less fun or less exciting that's what some people's argument is is gonna like make games matter less in the regular season and i get the point to an extent but the most fun about college football is games that don't matter at all people still care so much like that don't matter in the national picture People still care so much and they have so much fun and they're so chaotic and the players care so much and try so hard and like go, even if they're, yeah, we can't win the national championship, but we're going to go so hard against our rival school because we're out there to play football. Not because I'm trying to win it. Like, yeah, I might not be trying to win a national championship, but I'm still trying to win this football game. Um, And so that's what makes it so fun in, in the essence of football. 
Um, the fact that more teams might play for the national championship should only bring some excitement um, to everyone. But I don't really know where, like, what are you, are you excited about it, Nick? Like, you think it's a good idea, a bad idea? I'm still a little on, like, I guess I'm just kind of unsure at this point. Yeah. Um, I like, I'm excited about it. It, it definitely just because uh, I mean, who doesn't love more intense playoff football? I think that's going to be a big part. And especially like you said, talking with the home games, I think that's just going to create a great experience for fans. Um, so I, I don't quite know yet. We'll, we'll have to wait and see in terms of actually how it affects the landscape of college football and how many of these teams are, are going to make a big run as a six through 12 seed. Um, but for the fans, I think it's going to be an awesome experience. So from that standpoint, I'm excited about it. Um, in terms of kind of changing the landscape, not really too sure exactly how that's going to play out. It'll be interesting, uh, to see. And the, the first time one of those, uh, lower seeds ends up winning a national championship is going to be awesome. It'll, like you said, it'll have to happen eventually. Uh, that's just how it works. Something crazy will happen. Guys will get injured. Or like you said, I kind of hadn't thought about it from the standpoint where a quarterback gets hurt th- through the first couple of games and then they go on a 10 game win streak. Um, and that team could be the best team in the country at that point. But since they lost those first couple of games early, they don't get in. So I think scenarios like that are going to be the best shot to have one of those uh, higher seeds end up pulling something off. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see what it, it entails. Um, yeah. But, yeah, time will tell for sure. Uh, see, like if the it's kind of unfortunate that this season – like now that it's introduced in my brain, this is just how my brain yeah, works. Now that it's in my head, it's like I'd like to. I like it to happen now because honestly, like this is Arkansas's best team in a while. I really think this yeah, year we'd Arkansas have a good chance. Could definitely and Tennessee probably 12. would have that same hope. Like Arkansas and Tennessee both this year could be like, you know, I probably don't see us making the fourteen playoff just in our reality. But being a top, but finishing as a top twelve team, I see as a real reality, like a real legitimate. Re- I mean, that's. If if Arkansas went, goes nine and three, they're probably a top twelve team, right? Something like that. They're right at it, at least in the SEC West with their schedule this year. Um, you know, you went, you go ten and two, and now I'm in the playoff, um, which is a lot more realistic than going twelve and zero. Twelve and zero is so hard, or eleven and one. Uh, yeah, um, it's just so so difficult um, in in the SEC, especially. I mean, especially. Well, let's just, we can just kind of rock into. Um, like the actual games, but you know, Arkansas's first game is Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati that was a hell of a game since, too. Cincinnati's since 2018, dude. Since 2018, Cincinnati is 44 and seven. Like they, their program that's is like Alabama numbers. <laughs> that is like Alabama. Now, now, to be fair, there that is almost a, probably about exactly the same as Alabama. Um, and to be fair, they do play. Obviously, they don't play in the SEC, so that it's a little bit different. But they play. I mean. They, they played play some good, good last year. I mean, last year they, they, and they lost a few guys, but this is just a testament to the strength of their program. Um, you know, they, they went into Notre Dame and beat a top 10 Notre Dame team by two touchdowns on the road. Like that doesn't happen to normal, you know, non-power five com- uh, teams. Right. So um, Cincinnati, Luke Fickle is legit. Um, and yeah, that was a fun dude. What a fun atmosphere week one. Um, just Razorback Stadium was rocking a uh, lot of p- packed out. It was just, it's really encouraging to see. And every time, you know, we, there's not that many games a year 
at home that people get super juiced about that. Like they truly, there's a difference between a lot of people in a stadium and like a truly like packed out and rocking stadium. Um, there's just a different energy when like it's totally full and everyone is juiced. Uh, you had a whole off season to get amped about this squad. Everyone's excited about them. So they came in strong Cincinnati, honestly, Bearcat fans showed out a little bit. It was nice to see they had a good section. Uh, they were loud and it was a hot day, hot, hot, hot sun, two thirty game, just brutal, um, down there on the field and the away side is on the East side. Um, of the stadium so they catch sun all afternoon the west side gets kind of shaded by the stadium but uh but the east side just brutal sun that's where the student section is too and the and the visitor side and there was one moment in the fourth quarter when um it, like cincinnati got within a touchdown and it got loud like cincinnati the bearcat fans like stood up and i was i was shout out you know they've been in the hot sun for four quarters they were losing the whole game like the game was fairly close at the end. The score was only seven points, but Arkansas led the entire game. Um, a lot of the game led by at least two scores. Um, so, and also ended with the ball on about the 10 yard line. So really in terms of kind of dominant, not, not that they really dominated the game, but they controlled the game for most of the game. And that was really, really encouraging to see against a, a really good program that expects to win. I kind of mentioned that stat about 44 and seven, because it's just, for five years, the entire time, like Luke Fickle's been there, the expectation of that program is they go win. Like if they step on the field, they win the game. Um, so even though they had lost quite a few players, that's just a testament to the program and they should have a really good season as well. Now I'm a big Cincy Bearcats fan. That's the fun. That's a great way it works. Cause you know, we took care of business. We did what we were supposed to do spread with six and a half win by seven, you know, do do exactly kind of what you're supposed to do. Just go business, business, businessman like win. Take key takeaway into the game. This is what matters in football. These moments. There's five minutes, 49 seconds on the clock. We get the ball. They have just scored. There's it's a seven point seven point game. 31-24. We controlled the entire five minutes, 49 seconds. 10 straight running plays, ran the whole clock out, and ended the game without them touching the ball again. Like, when you think about college football, think about how much chaos can happen in the last minute of games, in the last two minutes, two and a half minutes. You, there will be games where you have five scores in the last, like, two minutes of the game where it's just truly chaotic. So when you have the ability to, at the end of the game, in the end of the fourth quarter, you, they know you're running the ball and you run it 10 straight times, you pick up three or four first downs and you bleed the entire clock and they don't even touch the ball again. That's just diabolical. Like that makes you so hard to beat if you're able to kind of control the game like that in the most crucial moments. Um, Cause c- crazy things happen. You know, they could go down and score. If they even touch the ball, they go down and score. Maybe they even go for two and they win and you don't, you know, it's over for you. Um, so it, just awesome. Encouraging to see top 25 win for the Razorbacks. Another SEC game up, or I guess our first SEC game upcoming against the South Carolina Gamecocks. So a sneaky good game here in week two, an SEC matchup. Um, I think we're a little more battle tested uh, than South Carolina. Like, I think it's really positive once you get past that hurdle and you win that first tough opening game. um, It probably helps you a little bit in the second, third, fourth weeks. Um, 
just being a little more prepared to go out and compete at a really high level. Like you got to bring it. And I think, I think uh, we know we got some areas to work on and where you can get better. And I think that's the exciting thing to win a big game and know you can still play better is exciting to think about your team. Um, so, you know, a little wow. bit different than Tennessee's opening opening week game, but like no less reasons to be encouraged. You know, Tennessee, even though their yeah. opponent wasn't quite, they amazing just amazing offensive awesome. show out. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Hooker looked great. Running back uh, room looked great. Defense. I mean, they didn't put up a lot of points, but it still didn't seem like we were getting a lot of pressure. Uh, Ball State's quarterback was getting the ball out pretty quick, though, and I think that was part of their game plan is we're going to have to get the the ball out quick and get moving if we want a chance to win this game. So overall, pretty happy with it. I mean, not a a ton to talk about uh, just because uh, exactly what we thought was going to happen happened, Uh, but definitely uh, a good sign for the offense. Everything was clicking. Cedric Tillman and Hennon Hooker were were hooking up um, and it, it just overall. Oh, quick shout out to Brentwood Bruin alumni Walker Merrill catching yeah. a touchdown in the game. Uh, so that. that was awesome. Uh, got to got to see one of our fellow Bruins uh, uh, make some noise for the Vols. Uh, but yeah, overall, just pretty, pretty happy win. Uh, more, more excited um, about actually getting into uh SEC play, but Tennessee does play Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh next week, who had some trouble with West Virginia, um, ended up squeaking out a win by seven points. Um, their defensive line looks incredible, uh, which was what was expected. I mean, they, they always have a good defensive line, um, and they were returning a lot of starters. Uh, Keaton Slovis, he, uh, he looked real nice, had 300 yards, uh, touchdown. So, uh, yeah, I mean, our, our, our work is cut out for us, uh, but excited for that Pittsburgh game then excited to get into some sec play. Speaking of sec play, something that, uh, we called correctly in the, um, in last week's episode, Georgia still having that natty buzz going beaten absolute dog crap out of Oregon. Bo Nix, terrible. Uh, I mean, he couldn't, <laughs> he, he couldn't get anything going against that Georgia defense. So I think, uh, and honestly with how bad they beat them, uh, I'm a little nervous that Georgia might still be the real deal this year, uh, but it could still be that natty buzz rocking and rolling, but obviously sec play is going to be a lot different than, than a PAC 12 team. So excited to see how that plays out, but Oregon, uh, yeah, they might, they they, might that might have been a, this that year. was a little more extreme than I even expected. Yeah, it makes me really curious how they rank Oregon number eleven. Like, what what really on that team made you think, yeah, this is going to be one of the top like ten teams ish in the country? Right? Because I didn't. I mean, I didn't watch the game, and, but I've seen and I've seen quite a bit of it. Um, it was at the same time as the Razorback game, so I was at the stadium. Um, but I've seen enough of it to look and be like, what? How did you come to the conclusion? It's just, it, it makes me, it's another example of preseason rankings being a farce, like right. being an absolute joke. Um, now there, there are trends that they generally get right. But other than that, it is, it is an absolute joke on like how they actually rank these preseason teams. So um, yeah, they got absolutely blasted a little more than a natty hangover buzz. Cause they were rolling pretty good. I, I'm starting to, 
I'm not quite as confident in the hangover effect as I once was. Um, they looked, uh, they looked hungry, but I still think, I think they have a potential to fail, but I'm, I'm starting to think it probably won't be like nine and three. It like failure would be like 10 and two, <laughs> but Hey, if one of those losses to the Vols, then I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, couple other games that I wanted to get to before we talk about uh, the the major crazy game from last night, uh, Florida and Utah, man, that was a great game. Uh, Florida getting the win against number seven, uh, Utah. So two Pac-12 teams having trouble uh, with two high ranked uh, Pac-12 teams having some trouble with some um, SEC players. So, or SEC teams, excuse me, and SEC players. Uh, but yeah, Florida close game ended up outscoring Utah by eight in the fourth quarter, um, and then sealing it with an interception uh, to to win that game. So it made me a little bit more nervous uh, in terms of the Florida Tennessee game, uh, just because Florida did look good. Anthony Richardson, he took some strides. Uh, this past off season. Cause he looked, I mean, he was making some magical plays out there and he looked big, <laughs> strong, fast, uh, all the above great athletes. So I still think it's uh we got a shot. It's in Knoxville. Um, and I really, really want to beat Florida this year, but definitely uh, makes me a little bit more hesitant seeing how well Anthony Richardson and uh, that Gator team played. Um, yeah. They, uh, that was impressive win. Um, it was, yeah. Utah's and it was a fun game. game. That That's kind of one of the games that, what a unique college football game. And it was a home site um, in the swamp. That place was rocking. Yeah. You know, first, it always is. just a crazy atmosphere. And Utah, shout out Utah was, was balling and doing like, it's not an easy place to go play no matter how good you are. Um, and so, but impressive for Florida. I mean, to Utah's obviously got a lot. It's a little bit tough because you see, you know, Oregon's ranked number eleven, and they get they get, they're obviously not that good. So is Utah really that good? Like, is there another? They're just a Pac-12 team, and only time will really tell. But but I would imagine they they actually to me impress me. Yeah, Utah. Like, I think they Utah's are better than well. Oregon. I would think. Um, and so just a big win. I mean, just a really big week one win. Um, even I still don't see Florida as having just an insanely great year. Like I don't think it doesn't make me automatically be like, Oh, Florida's amazing. Like, yeah, they're going to be awesome all Especially year. Especially in week one. It, I yeah. Mean, week one's just so hard. Happen. It's so hard to gauge. Um, it Give me at least three weeks before I'm really starting to build a basis on how good the team is. So they get another tough test in, uh, in Kentucky. And if they, if they beat Kentucky, I mean, that'll be pretty impressive to start the, you know, the, even though I don't think very highly of Kentucky, they are still, um, a congruent program that's been together for a few years. Uh, we, you know, we talk about that. I especially try to harp on that sometimes is, and that's what a team like Utah, they've had their same coaching staff for a while. You know, they've had success um, to be a program like that is pretty impressive. Um, so if they were able to beat Utah and beat Kentucky back-to-back weeks to start the year, that'd be big time. And they put them a leg up and just kind of um, SEC East, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they don't have a leg up on Georgia just because Georgia's better. But, uh, but you know, it just puts them above in the other tier. Um, but then that, that showdown at, at Tennessee is going to be fun because yeah. that will be their first big test away from home. And Tennessee is 
Tennessee is a win this weekend away from being truly popping that weekend. Like it, if they go at win at Pitt, which they should do, like just like we kind of said about Arkansas being a six, like Tennessee's a road favorite. Like they are favored to win this game, take care of business up there in Pitt and come back. And, um, and then we'll get Nealon just absolutely rocking for the Gators. Oh, yeah. I'm excited, super excited for that. Uh, but the other big game that I wanted to talk about uh, before we get into Florida State LSU um, is Notre Dame, Ohio State. Uh, Notre Dame's defense, they looked really, really good. Obviously let the game slip away from them in the second half, but uh, was was up 10 to 7 in the first half. Um, and usually I'm a guy that is uh, considering Notre Dame a fraudulent team. But hey, they uh they they're they could be pretty decent this year. I mean, Ohio State yeah. is obviously really really good. Uh, the and Notre Dame lost Brian Kelly, but um, I think that team uh, th- their defense is consistently good year in year out. So uh, Notre Dame they're they're going to be pretty good this year after seeing that game. But uh, Ohio State they're they're still the real deal, legit. Ryan Day love him as a coach. Um, and yeah, definitely. Uh, if I had to pick a, I'm putting Ohio State probably in the playoffs this year. Um, yeah, they're they're definitely a favorite to to be there for sure. Yeah, um, Notre Dame did was you know fairly impressive for most of the game, but honestly, it was just kind of a a week one matchup between teams that probably will be better in a little bit. That um, you know we know how good they probably will be down the road, especially Ohio State. So. It's impressive on Notre Dame standpoint because you know you seem to know how good Ohio State's probably going to be. Like, see, you watch CJ Stroud dominate, before, like last year, especially the end of last year. He's probably going to be that good again. Like, he has great receivers, great offensive talent. Um, so you're kind of judging them based on, oh, well, Ohio State's going to score 50 points a year this year. Well, yeah, they might, but they're obviously not that well oiled this first game. Um, so another instance where I think preseason rankings are a little bit like, are you kidding me guys? Like what made you put no- Notre Dame as number five in the country? Seriously, what they're losing their head coach. So you had a first yeah. year head coach. You, like they weren't a top five team last year, really. And it's not like they've had any, anybody magical come in or anything. It just, it's like, yeah, they probably are a good team, but are they a top five team? I I don't know. It, it's hard for me to put them up there. And they're still probably going to be. So this is all right. I'll just go. On, I'll get a little upset for a second. I don't, it doesn't happen very often, but I'll get a little upset for a second. Arkansas, you know, good team last year. Really good wins. Good bowl win. Same coach. Same offensive coordinator. Same defensive coordinator. Led the power five in rushing last year and returning so much of that same offense. You know, they're ranked, you know, around 20-ish or so. Beat a Cincinnati team who's in the playoff a year ago. Beat a Cincinnati team who's probably going to win the American Athletic, if not come in second. Um, You know, actually won a game versus Notre Dame, who's in the first year of a head coach, who is, you know, not – they were probably a French top 25 team last year. I don't know. Were they a little higher? Maybe 15 or so. Yeah, like their quarterbacks, nothing insanely special. Um, anyway, they're a top five team. Will they lose a, a? They lose 
They lost by 11 points. Like, yeah, let's give them some credit, but they did lose by quite – like, they only scored 10 points. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's not uh, – Ohio's defense wasn't exactly 85 Bears last season. Like, that <laughs> that defense was – I remember I remember Michigan scoring about 100 points on them. Like, ran for, like, so many yards against them yeah. last year. Um, and so they're still probably going to be ranked ahead of Arkansas. Oh, I'm using Arkansas as the example here because that's obviously what I'm closest to and a good team to use as, as an example. But it's just ridiculous to me that that the preseason rankings affect our brains so much that we think they should be good or some some people in the media think they should be good. Are those people even watching? I, I don't know. It's just frustrating to me to like – Okay, so I'm a top five team, and all I all I've done so far is lose a game, and I'm still ahead of teams that have already, you know, actually proved on the field that they can beat good teams. Um, anyway, just a little rant there, just for a second on mm-hmm. rankings. I think rankings are a little asinine, even though I'm getting a little worked up over them. Um, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's just kind of it is perception though, so it does matter a little bit. Like rankings are perception, and it so it is a little bit important. Um, it's better to see a higher number by your team's name. Like you literally just like I know how good we are. I want everyone else to like. I want it to be seen by everyone like, how actually good this team is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but the only way to really take care of that is keep winning. Like if our like and that's the case for Arkansas, Tennessee, everybody. Like if they win the next three games, they're going to be a top ten team. Like that's how it works. Yeah, um, especially when they have multiple opportunities. Like if Tennessee goes on the road and beats Pittsburgh and then beats Florida at home um, and they go into week six, five and oh or whatever. I mean, yeah, they're going to easily be a top 10 team, um, which is realistically on the table. The Hogs got a tough one if they go in. So they got South Carolina this week, then Missouri State. So win this week, take care of business. Spencer Rattler's going to have some numbers. He's going to do some good things, but I think he'll make a few mistakes as well. Uh, that's what I think his game is, and maybe he can re- reel that in and be really good, but I think he does have arm talent. He does do good things um, and make exciting electric plays, but I think he also is susceptible to make some big errors um, in big key moments. I think he's capable of throwing interceptions or making fumbles or just doing things that, that can hurt his team. There are, that's, that's kind of what changes quarterbacks. And, and there were moments, and, and that's why KJ Jefferson for Arkansas is important because there are moments, it was like third and nine, you know, very important third down. And he's able to, even if the play wasn't perfect, he's able to break down and make something happen and get the first down. Like at a crucial moment, you either step up and make a play or you make a mistake or, you know, you force a pass and throw an interception. Like the guy for Utah who does a great job, like leads them all, like plays a, you know, really good game. And then from the two yard line throws a terrible interception with the game mm. on the line, you know, that like there are, there are big moments in games and the, the games between fairly equal teams come down to really big moments and your leaders, especially the quarterback position gets so hyper analyzed because they have the ball in their hands every play and they're orchestrating kind of the offense, but you either have guys that step up and make plays to win games or that, that, you know, get kind of trapped in the spotlight and make mistakes and make errors and cost their team the game. So um, anyway, just keep winning and find your way into the top 10. And then 
I'm really, I'm really eyeing that Alabama game. October 1st, if Hogs take care of business, beat South Carolina, beat Missouri State, beat A&M, which is a big one. That'll be a big one, too. In Jerry's world, oh, A&M and Arkansas, actually like a top. That'd be that'd probably be a top 12 matchup at that point. Uh, that'd be exciting. Yeah. So awesome to just get in the weeds of football. And I thought Arkansas was going to win all offseason, figure they are. But then you get in the game and it gets third quarter. And it's a one score game. And it's like, all right, we're really in this now. Like we're out all the talking, all the offseason talking is done. We are hitting people now. It's time for action now. <laughs> we're hitting yeah. people now. Um, and so it's fun to be one to know. It's fun to have some more challenges upcoming. That's football, baby. Let's it's go. Football. You know, volunteers going to take over Steelers, Pittsburgh City, Steel City. Um, they're beating down Pitt. I think Pitt, Pitt got really lucky last week to even beat West Virginia. Yeah. Um, and I think they're even going to, it's going to, it's going to lull them to sleep a little bit into a little sense of, you know, security. And then uh, I think Tennessee will come out and come out and knock them around a come little out bit. Swinging. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that's the case for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, we got one more game that I want to talk about before we close this out here. Game of the hurt weekend. you last night. It hurt you last night. I know yeah, it, had to. it hurt me last night for sure. I had, uh, uh, in, I'll keep it undisclosed, but, uh, a good chunk of money from <laughs> LSU, uh, minus four and, uh, man, this game was up and down. LSU looked terrible honestly through the first half uh they couldn't really get anything going uh the defense was looking decent for the first half but then started getting shredded really in the second half um but yeah the story of the game so LSU down uh let's see down two scores with six minutes left I want to say um or no excuse me down uh with they scored, uh, let's see, let me double check. So they scored uh, with nine minutes to go in the fourth. So going into the fourth quarter, nine minutes left. Um, LSU is down. They end up scoring. Uh, had uh, a nice little drive to uh, get it to 24 to 17. Um, they need to get a stop with four minutes left to go. They uh, do get the stop on uh, Florida State, but the crazy thing is they muff the punt on the on the one-yard line or the three-yard line, some, uh, something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe they just muffed the punt. The game's over. Miracle happens. They punch out the ball on the one, get a fumble, uh, get the ball back with about, uh, I want to say, let's see here, yeah, a minute, like a minute. Yeah. minute 20 left. So they drive and they use a minute 20. <laughs> they used a minute 20 to drive 99 yards, uh, score the game tying touchdown, what I thought was going to be the game tying touchdown uh, to, to take it to overtime, which then I was hoping they'd get, get a touchdown. We'd cover, be all good. And... No, that was not the case. Florida State makes an incredible play, blows through their offensive line, and blocks the extra point to hold on. 
they had a blocked field goal earlier in the game and Wilson uh, sent this to us earlier this morning. They made adjustments on that left side to, to add a little extra help. Um, and it didn't even make a difference. Florida state yeah. blew it right through block the extra point. Um, and wow, what a freaking game. That was one of the best games I've watched um, in a while. Uh, it yeah. was a, that fourth quarter was incredible. What a way to cap off like the first game of the weekend really kind of pits pit in West Virginia was just electric. And then yeah. you go all the way to Sunday night and it's LSU, Florida state, just crazy craziness, just straight chaos. Yeah. Florida state's on the one yard line, looking up to go up by two touchdowns with a minute left and they fumble. And all of a sudden LSU goes 99 only, only to miss the extra point. Uh, just brutal. Just you're up and down roller coaster that is college football. Um, I don't really think either of these teams is particularly great. Uh, they nothing nothing really stood out as like wow that that really yeah. Neither team I don't think is going to be great, but still made for an interesting game. Yeah, no, it made for a great game. Um, Brian Kelly, two kind of misfit coaches in my opinion. Uh, Mike Norvell seems like an w- odd fit at Florida State, and Brian Kelly certainly seems like an odd fit there at LSU. So, <laughs> you know, a battle of those guys. But, yeah, West or LSU just didn't have it the whole game, really. You know, they they didn't play very good. And then with the chance, actually come out and have an awesome, amazing game-tying drive only to miss it. Oh, that's brutal. And it really did get blocked. I mean, yeah, like they blew up. There was another kicker, like East Carolina game, dude misses an extra point to tie the game, but he just shanked it. Like he literally shanked the extra point. Uh, Shout out laces out. You got to come on. He got he hit him with the laces in. I mean, that's on the whole. Jack Probst would have got those laces in. Yeah, he would have definitely had those laces out. Uh, But anyway, this one got straight blocked. That guy just flew through there and blocked it. And that's just insane. That last. So I was watching and it was muted. So I couldn't even hear at the end. And I turned it on with one second left. Them reviewing that play, yeah. whether he got out of bounds or not, which also at the same time is very confusing to me because the answer, they, they essentially just allowed LSU to get a play regardless. They said he was down in bounds, but they, yeah, but theoretically the clock would the time start. Out. Florida State. Yeah, they ended up calling a timeout. Yeah, they did end up calling timeout. But if they had not, if they called him inbounds, even if the clock would have stopped, it would have started again with one second left. Um, Like they would have had to. It would have been tough. They could have done it. it. Yeah, they could have done it, but it would have been really hard to get that play off at all. Um, But since they had already stopped the clock, they just were like, yeah, they get this last play. Yeah. Like they essentially. Even though they changed the call, I think, like they called him out of bounds. Well, they called him inbounds, but they still essentially it was the same as him being out of bounds mm-hmm. um, because they gave him one last play, which is all they would have had regardless. So um, anyway, to score like that and just to have that amazing drive um, and then just miss the extra point. It's just funny, honestly, but fun game. Nonetheless, uh, I definitely probably picked LSU. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, ah, football is awesome. And next week we get college and NFL. Oh, so awesome. We're in the thick of it, baby. I'm excited. We're right into it. Titans 
not a nooner, three thirty game versus the Giants. Game you got game we need on to jump nine, out on nine eleven too for the New York Giants. You know they're going to be fighting the fighting their asses off in that game. So for America, uh, it's going to be tough. But uh, I think Titans are favored four and a half, right? Something like that. Um, something like that. That seems about right. That, big game to win. I mean, you just want to come out week one and and somehow find a way to get a win yeah. against a Giants team that we should beat. Like that's the thing in the NFL. Titans schedule is tough last year for this year. Um. And so you've got to win the games you're supposed to win because the other ones are tough to tough to get. So need to come out with the win, show some good things. And I think the defense I, – I don't think they're going to score a ton on us. Um, I think we should shut down their offense pretty good. Um, so just need Tannehill and, and healthy Henry to do their thing. Be fun to see Henry back. I mean, you know, we haven't seen him in the preseason also. Um, definitely been in camp working, but – be fun to see Henry get get the rock and get going, baby. Let's go. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Oh, man, I'm excited. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, that is it for today's episode. Another great one. I mean, it, we're, we're getting into the thick of it now. Plenty of stuff to talk about. So there is there is no shortage of content. Um, I know I'm going to be getting, uh, getting some gambling picks out here soon as the NFL rolls around. Um, and this college football starts heating up. So be on the lookout for that. Seth has been cranking out some articles as well. So definitely uh, be making sure to keeping up with the website uh, to, to see those articles coming out. Um, but yeah, thanks again for everyone listening. You can find us on Twitter at Pater underscore sports, uh, Instagram at Pater sports, one word, um, and the website that I mentioned, Pater sports.blog. Um, and don't forget to check out six pack coverage. Uh, that is at six pack coverage for all your sports, food, entertainment, culture, all the above, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can check out through six pack coverage as well. But uh, I think that's it, boys. We will see you next week. Hater out. Deuces, yo.